0: everyone, to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, November 10th, 2022, and I am fresh from the mouse. Fresh. Fresh and sweaty. You got the ears on. I got the ears on. I got the goofy teeth mm-hmm. and the Pluto ears. Yep. What a time. Sorry we missed everybody last week. You're referring to your trip to Disney
1: World. That's where I went. Um, The happiest place on earth. So they say. Second to (laughs) New Orleans.
0: Second to the Penthouse Club, yes.
1: That's why we did not do an episode last week. I tried to do one on my own. I realized I don't really follow sports. I don't know too much about it. It got very political quickly, so I just deleted it. Uh, so we're, we're glad to have you back and the Polk and Kush nation is, uh, also happy to have you back. Yeah. Did you get a Dole Whip? What do they do at Disney these did, days? Did a Dole Whip?
0: $42. Oh my God, dude. It's, you know, it's like living inside the airport.
1: I read, uh, this, a story on something. I think it was like vice today that was just like how prohibitively expensive Disney is. They don't do, used to, they did, they would do the fast pass because they realize if you're standing in line, you're not spending money. Sure. And now they've monetized that and it's an app. Did uh-huh. you get the Disney app? Yeah. So we it's have like a Genie. <laughs> it's it's Will app. Smith's Genie.
0: <laughs> the bad Genie, yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you, uh, you could do it on your app where they kind of, and it's, it is smart. It's like they will tell you how long the rot. like you basically, uh, it's like, okay, go to this ride in 45 minutes and mm-hmm. basically walk right on. So you book, like, reservations one at a time. But, yes, they charge for everything. They charge to breathe in that place. You don't
1: care. Money's
0: no object to you. <laughs> they used to charge for parking. They used to not charge for parking. They charged for that. They used to, like, have a bus service that pick you up at the airport. That's gone. They used to, like There's, like, a hundred different things that, like, two years ago were free. And all of it, they're like, nope, that'll be $30. Mickey-shaped waffles? <laughs> nope god pay out the ass for this did things. y'all stay at disney no we stayed at a neighboring hotel okay so i could use my points
1: excellent but you yeah. didn't get the experience of staying in like a mardi gras themed room <laughs> <laughs> no, no no right off the the the
0: bubbly coast of the Saskagoula river uh we almost <laughs> stayed at that one uh and uh, yeah so it was it's Fun for your kids to see them kind of light up. Um, You know, I had one kid who loved the monorail, another kid who loved Toy Story Land, different things. And, like, there's enough moments there where you're like, well, I know I spent $1,000 and I was mostly unhappy while I was there. But I will remember their happiness far longer than I will remember my discomfort and how expensive it was, you do know? You, so that's how you start, get your back.
1: Do you take, like, the price? Are you doing math the whole time where you're like, all right, $1,000 for this one day alone, <laughs> that could be a PS5, which is happiness for me, and then 500 bucks, I can just buy the kids individual <laughs> VR headsets, and they can be in Metaverse Disney World. Uh, They're not going to remember any of this.
0: No. they.
1: Uh, the oldest one might remember a no, little bit. No, probably not. No. I don't know. It's... Uh, yeah, it's hard to say.
0: I, uh, I I think it was it's worth it because you remember it, uh-huh. in my opinion. It's like I remember them being really happy, so that's cool, and that's something that they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. But yes, <laughs> ordinarily I would be like, I would wait until they're a little older to go, but we didn't, and it was fun, and I had a great time mm-hmm. overall, like if you would take it and extrapolate it. The actual parks themselves are really like, Just a test of your character. It's like, how much are you willing to put up with? It seems like a feats of strength. There's a lot of that. I mean, it's like, you know, people who run marathons are like, it sucked, but it was the best day of my life. Yeah, liars. (laughs) It was so hard, but I had a great time. It's like, uh, well, it feels like it would be hard the whole time.
1: What's the big thing there?
0: Star Wars world? Yeah, so that's, my kids don't care, but I've never seen a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> ever. Not one second. That what are wasn't you, Amish? Like, TBS. I've never seen Star Wars. Uh, any of them. There's a hundred of them now. Never seen any of them. Never seen a Marvel movie. Uh, so a lot of these things are lost on me. Like That's like the big thing is the big Star Wars land. There's a big Guardians of the Galaxy. I totally all of it's completely lost on me uh but i have one kid who's like in love with toy story there's like a whole immersive toy story land that was very cool okay and there's a lot of like mickey and minnie rides and those kinds of things too so those kids like that also and then there's you know like you're finding nemo and your little mermaid and and things like that where you know it's cool it's fine they do a nice job but yeah as far as like the amount of adults who were there Mm -hmm. like oh, me and my girlfriend just decided to come to Disney and spend 11 hours inside of a theme park together. There was a lot more of that than I was anticipating.
1: They have the wacky t-shirts, too, that'll be like, I paid for this bitch's Disney trip. (laughs) Every single person had
0: some, like, the same exact way, like at a Saints game, everyone had some, like, kind of Disney Shirt. what did you have i had nothing
1: you were dressed up as the toy collector from (laughs) toy story i was dressed up as the
0: disheveled balding father (laughs) trying to keep (laughs) his eyes on everything and going this what does this cost (laughs) popcorn is 13 (laughs) dollars um and uh but yeah the amount of just like i i would say the Amount of kids under 12, I went to Epcot one day. The amount of kids under 12, I would say, was like 15%. Yeah,
1: Disney adults is the whole thing. I mean, everybody's still obsessed with superheroes yeah. and Star Wars. But it's not for kids. Yeah. The rides theoretically should be for
0: kids. But Epcot has booze. Epcot doesn't. So they all have booze now. Oh, it's even $9 better.
1: Bud Light Day. If uh. you're going to be furious, you should also be drunk. <laughs>
0: If you're going to have to stand in long lines of crowds, you should definitely drink as much as humanly possible. Um, Nah, it is a, uh, I don't know, definitely not for everyone. I I truly, like, there are a gazillion places to go travel in this world if you do not have kids with you. I would have gotten almost zero enjoyment out of it if I did not have my kids with me. So I I didn't understand. I just don't understand, like, why that's where people want to go.
1: Well, I think because it used to be like an idealized version of everything. It was spotless. There was no garbage anywhere. Everybody was friendly and nice. You could get a rocket pop. Yeah. Now, Disney doesn't even have that. No, it's they're not like, going for It's that. like going to the, the Lafayette Carnival. <laughs> No, yeah, I never, I did not get that twinge
0: of nostalgia of like, oh, this is what 1955 and uh, you know, felt like in Main Town, USA. I didn't get any of that. No, I got the like, wow, this is a hellscape future where everyone is too fat to walk, and <laughs> I'm getting my kids are almost getting run over by rascal scooters every four and a half seconds.
1: Yeah, Disney. I, I went to Disneyland, like, as a goof for my birthday in, like, 2018. Yeah. And it, we, two adults, you mm-hmm. know, took some can of moons, went, <laughs> wandered around, had no vetted interest in anything. Well, you shouldn't be there. It should be like Chuck E. Cheese. Sure. You should not be able to go <laughs> exactly. without it's children. To card you. for yeah. it. <laughs>
0: If you're o- over 10, you're not allowed to come in here. Yeah. I just That kind of dawned on me. And I've been there before. Um, But it did kind of dawn on me where it's like, oh, this was like designed Mm -hmm. when we were kids. Most of the people there were kids. And I think something's happened in the last like 15 years where it's like now it's very acceptable and kind of designed for groups of adults to go, which is why it's so expensive because people with kids would not be like the average family would not be shelling out the kind of money that this costs. But this is people's vacations. Like instead of going to Hawaii they go to Disney World. Yeah. And so it's like, I get it's like easier to get there for most people, but it's like,
1: it's crazy, man. Well, nobody has money anymore. Like, you know, the average couple there, the guy's like an ice road trucker. <laughs> She's a massage therapist. They have one kid named, you know, after a Game of Thrones character. It's going to be $1,100, and it's the only vacation they can ever take. It's wild. The other thing I did notice is kids who are, like,
0: over 10 in strollers. And I was like, this is, come on. But also people over 40 in strollers. Because everyone there is, is huge. The Rascal Scooter gang is, like, out of control. But the amount of kids there who they're, like... We don't want to tell this kid where to go, and if we make him walk around for the whole day, he's gonna ask to leave in fifteen minutes. so we're gonna stick him in a stroller like he's four years old and drag him around the whole park. and kids who are like full blown like that you know, I, I was like reading porno mags in the <laughs> In smoking the, a in cigarette, the yeah. smoking a cigarette. I was like, "This is nuts! How old these kids are? They're like, they're even the double stroller legs like popping out of it by themselves. Like, this is insane." You're
1: not going to see that at Astro World.
0: <laughs> I, like, I was like, these. In some ways, you know, I respect it. It's an excellent move. That's just great. Let the kid bring a bicycle in there. <laughs> uh, That's or a chariot. Uh, it was quite a scene. Um, so
1: you spent two weekends at Disney World uh, while I was here getting a bunion surgery. <laughs> How was your time? Did you get anything uh, interesting accomplished? Uh, we haven't done a show since Halloween, have we? No. I saw the uh, creator of the Polk and Kush theme song, Mike Weeby. Yeah. Uh, his band Dracula's played at House of Blues opening up for Toadies. Uh, Toadies have so many good songs. They played a Rubberneck. It's the 20th anniversary. They played it from top to bottom. Nice. It's Halloween night in the quarter. Didn't get murdered, so hey. I considered it, uh, you know, A. Plus. And then last night I went and saw the, uh, buddies friend of the show mark norman did a secret show over at Tipitinas with joe list sean patton some other people nice and uh, it was fun i stayed out past 9 p.m which was <laughs> insane you think mark norman will do the next poke and
0: kush live show you think he's uh, overcome that
1: i think uh if it's like completely unannounced <laughs> and he's nearby <laughs> he'll do it yeah, that's great it was fun he's got a legion of fans now yeah. people were pelting him with slow (laughs) Logans and yelling out during his set if the show was nine hours long you know it was like a secret lineup so you're like oh maybe louis ck and amy uh you know fucking whoever will be here amy schumer will be here and you know that's just like a dog walker from new york (laughs) but it was a good show it's a good show it's just it was fun. Good. Yeah. It's still crazy. I, I will occasionally
0: just have random people text me and be like, here's Mark Norman on this whatever giant thing. He's like, didn't he do your podcast live show? I was like, yeah, it was awesome. He sure did. <laughs> yeah. He it was, it was very funny. It was good. Um, no, that's great. And uh, you know, happy for
1: all of those guys' success. Do you think Fletcher uses Mark Norman as a credit? <laughs> he did. He, he was the Fletcher headliner. can say Fletcher was the headliner yeah. that night. <laughs> I
0: hope he does. That's a very good point. Uh, speaking of Fletcher, Goran Dragic played a great game tonight. He sure did. Against the Pelicans, uh, and uh, he almost uh, w- was the spark to knock off the Pelicans. But New Orleans came back, snapped a two-game losing streak, or was it a
1: three-game losing streak? Uh, Atlanta, Indiana... Golden State. They had beaten Golden
0: State. So consecutive losses that is snapped. Pelicans come home after a very uh, difficult first 11 games. I think eight of them were on the road. And they are 6-5. and five, A big win against the Chicago Bulls uh, tonight. You know, I, I don't think they played great by any stretch of the imagination. But winning on the road, especially after, you know, two really tough losses, does matter. Brandon Ingram was a dog. That's the exact Brandon Ingram that you want to see to close out a game.
1: Yeah, fourth quarter, Brandon Ingram was fired up. He was unstoppable. And, you know, uh, every player on the Pels stepped up when they needed to tonight. Uh, Valanchunas had a very good second quarter, I believe. He was Mm -hmm. very dominant in the paint. Players stepped up when they needed to. Herb Jones had a sneaky amount of points tonight. He He was good. He had a lot more points than I thought he would. There were a lot of sneaky points tonight. I didn't think Jose Alvarado had a point. He finished with seven. He was almost all in the first quarter, I think. Yeah, uh, so players stepped up where they needed to. Brandon Ingram, officially, dog. Dog.
0: I mean, what a it's huge, in him. huge fourth quarter. And that all the conversations that we've had about, is Brandon Ingram the guy? Is he enough to be your number one? Whatever. And all that will be determined from a wider perspective at some other point. But I don't. I think a night like tonight goes a long way to showing, like, when you need somebody to get you buckets to win a game down the stretch, he can be that guy. I'm not saying he's always going to be that guy, but he can be that guy. And that was a huge performance from him down the stretch. Uh, one of those shots was very lucky, he like bounced straight up in the air. Yeah, came in. So, uh, but otherwise, he was just smooth. He was in control. And everyone else got the fuck out of the way and let him work. And I thought that was a uh, a defining type of performance for him. It was like, hey, this is our guy. We're going to ride him and we're going to, you know, let him win us the game. And him and DeMar DeRozan went back and forth, and Ingram had more than DeRozan had at the end.
1: Yeah, it was a heavyweight slugfest in that fourth quarter. It was fun to watch, and it was something I think we've seen building with Brandon Ingram for a while. Mm-hmm. And tonight, it just really clicked. And it wasn't just Brandon Ingram stepping up in the fourth quarter, Zion yeah. had more than half of his points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, Defensively, the team looked a little lost, uh, particularly like with long rebounds. The yeah. Pelicans were getting a lot of calls tonight that they should not have been getting. <laughs> yeah, uh, But it, it came together for the Pelicans exactly when they needed it to end that. Uh, I mean, the Pelicans have had three overtime games. This one could have easily gone to overtime. Yes. It was a huge sigh of relief. It was a weight off my shoulders to get out of there with a win, Mm -hmm. and I know these guys could feel that. I knew that Willie Green, you know, they had two days off. They were going to be prepared for this game, and they looked a little more together, and you could see it coming together a little more. There had been some sloppy losses. I mean, they got ran out of the gym against the Pacers. There were some very stupid mistakes late in the game against Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and you could kind of see a, a little more cohesion in this game. Game. they were lucky to get away with the win but seven games on the road is difficult for anybody to overcome I'm glad they're going to be back
0: yeah and those are all great points uh, and, and you know I'll touch on a handful of negatives uh, as well because interesting hey it's spoken kush uh, CJ McCollum was fucking trash very bad he was terrible not just a little terrible a lot terrible He was missed not just missing shots he was also like gumming up the offense it, it feels like he's Putting the ball in his hands instead of letting Zion go to work. Sometimes it almost feels like there's like a weird power struggle there. I don't know if that's remotely like a, an actual personality issue or a coaching issue or whatever it is. But it's like the ball ends up in CJ's hands. It feels like it sticks there for a long period of time. Uh, he's not getting the offense going. It does feel like when Zion gets it, he's getting double team. But almost every possession that Zion actually puts the ball on the floor and makes a move to the basket, he's not going to get stopped unless he's fouled. Now, they're not going to call the foul every time, Mm -hmm. but he's almost always proactively making a play. And on a night when C.J. McCollum was ice cold and really didn't get anything productive done, he's got to defer more often. I thought in the last five minutes he was good in that he was getting – You know, getting the ball at point and immediately giving it to Brandon Ingram and letting him run the offense. But CJ McCollum's got to be better. Uh, There's just no question. You cannot allow. He he cannot continue to have those kinds of performances, and you win. The Pelicans made three three three-pointers, three in an NBA game and one. That never happens anymore. That barely happens in the Southland Conference. <laughs> it does not happen in the NBA. I would be stunned if a team has made three three pointers. Any team made three or fewer three pointers in the NBA this week, you know, much less mm-hmm. tonight, much less like in uh, so a win. So a really impressive uh, performance to kind of deal with cold shooting and they didn't take them in anything like took 19 or 20 which you know in this era of the NBA you should probably be taking somewhere in the mid 30s mm-hmm. uh three pointers i don't like that that's the offense though and that the pelicans got to figure that out like you need to be able to make threes in this league to keep up with most teams like you said they got to the line a ton tonight so that helps sort of make up for it uh but they got to shoot man like you got to you got to shoot threes You got to make threes Otherwise, there are teams that are just going to outscore you there and you cannot keep up. And so, I don't know. There's some, there's some weird calculus that has to go on there because Zion is not going to shoot threes. Brandon Ingram is going to shoot a small handful of them. Jonas isn't going to shoot threes. So, you need C.J. McCollum to take him. And on a night when he's off, is that just your offense is dead on that, in, in that regard?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of my criticisms of these Pelicans' close and sloppy losses is not shooting the ball from three. The Pelicans, it seemed like the majority, I I believe they had nine... Uh, th- I think there were like one of eight or one of nine three-pointers in the first quarter mm-hmm. and if those had gone in I think you would have seen more uh, more coming from the outside sure. obviously. I was glad that they at least tried to do that to start off. Yeah. They're not always going to be cold in that first quarter and that can change the outlook of the game. Yeah, uh, You know, Herb, didn't uh he didn't take any threes tonight, I don't believe. Yeah, Trey Murphy mm-hmm. was a ghost out there. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Jose Alvarado, if he can get open, it's yeah. hit or miss with him. Yeah. So if CJ's not the guy, it it negatively affects the team. Brandon Ingram got going a little bit. It uh, if if they can't hit these open shots, and they had open looks in that first quarter, yeah. then they're going to go back to that in the paint that uh, you know just pounding it out with Jonas. But you're not going to be able to win seventy games in a season.
0: No, no. I mean that that's, with
1: incredible post play.
0: Yeah, it's just not that era of the NBA. Yeah. Some team is going to hit twenty threes on you, and you're going to hit six. And, and that, the, Pacer, the Pacers is gonna, game
1: is a good example of yes, this. Yeah. They, they hit 22 three-pointers. Yeah, that's if if they'd missed half of those, it would have been a completely different game. Obviously, that's, yeah. you know, a night by night basis. It is, but it is a
0: a real trend. I think the Pelicans at least entering
1: entering tonight. I can't imagine it got
0: much better. We're last in the NBA in three-point attempts uh, per game that it's, it's look. They're a deep team. They've got a lot of talent. You went through a, whole, a list of a bunch of guys. There's one guy who you'd say is a plus three point shooter, and that's CJ McCollum. And everybody else is like eh, eh. or a shitty three point shooter. Like there are some bad. Herb Jones is not a good three point shooter. Zion Williamson is a doesn't even attempt to shoot from anywhere outside you know the rim. Uh, Jonas is a bad three point shooter. Like. There's not a lot of guys who you can rely on. Devontae Graham hit one tonight. He's can be good, and they certainly can be streaky. And Trey Murphy can be a great three-point shooter on the right night. Um, but I don't think you can rely on him to make four or five a game. So they got to find a way to get these guys going. And there's open looks to be had every time Zion touched the ball tonight. Two guys regarding him. Yeah. And that is just like gift. From the heavens for a team that needs to find ways to get shooters open, that's the way to do it. And I thought it was actually smart by Billy Donovan and the Bulls, and it paid off for the first two and a half quarters, and then it slowly withered away. And then by the fourth, it was just Brandon Ingram's show.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was a Zion show in the fourth, too. I yeah. mean, Zion actually dribbling the ball changes that double team enough. Yeah. And Zion is talented enough and strong enough to get in there. I'm, I'm getting tired of these like feather handed layups that he's missing half of. Yeah. He can dunk that ball. It <laughs> does feel like his whole wrist is over the rim. You're like, dude, just throw he it down. He has the ability to throw it down and yeah. I, I would really love to see that. Yeah. I, I don't know if physically he's scared about bruising his ass yeah. again <laughs> or if he just doesn't have the confidence in that ability. I have the confidence in that <laughs> ability.
0: He's so far away from the rim sometimes because the way that he's Getting there is such a crazy like.
1: He's also like fanning out his ass <laughs> yeah. towards the crowd and like spinning around so quickly. It yeah. looks rather wild. But it does.
0: Yeah, he's. It's like this whirling dervish that he's like got to like power through two guys. Then he's kind of spinning in midair. It's always with his left hand, and like it does feel like he could like reach back and dunk it. But I guess it's a lot easier to just try to lay it in, or a little more secure to just lay it in uh but he misses a lot at the moment yeah. doing that and, and it's cuz it's hard they look very difficult
1: yeah and there was that one like thunder jam on the breakaway i think yeah. it was herb throwing it to him and then mm-hmm. they missed that like yeah ugh, you want those highlights yeah. for Zion to get his confidence up yeah and it does feel like he is
0: not 100% i don't know if it's health or whatever just maybe stamina or what like defensively he feels like he's still kind of all over the place he's letting rebounds just kind of drop around him on defense his offensive rebounding has been good Mm -hmm. but it does feel like he's not a complete package yet uh but he's still when the ball is in his hands and definitely almost every time he takes a dribble you're like here we go like and there's not a lot of guys in the nba like that where it's not just uh you know oh he's a great shooter it's like Oh, he's going to do something pretty impressive right now. And he's just making grown men look silly, like (laughs) barreling past them and then finding a way to get to the rim with you know, going past two guys. Like, you just very rarely see power players like that in the league anymore. It's like him and Giannis are basically yeah. legit, you know.
1: And they're the one and two uh, points in the paint players in the NBA right now. Yeah. I mean, there were I, – I think stamina is an issue. There was one egregious long rebound in the fourth quarter when it was a two- or three-point game. Mm-hmm. And Zion could have gotten it, didn't. Bulls recovered it. And then on the very next play – another long rebound and you saw Brandon Ingram lock in on it yeah. and dive for it and get yeah. it yeah. and you know that's something that's going to come to Zion but it's yes. it's a noticeable difference and it's and you know that's why Brandon Ingram's the leader on this team right now yeah and look even when they
0: lost consecutive games and even you know as much as you can nitpick them which we're going to do uh i have no way worried about them no not at all i'm like you know, there's 70 games to go They're going to be fine. I think they're a solid playoff team almost no matter what. They're going to get it figured out. It's just going to take a little bit more time than maybe I expected, and it's going to take, you know, a couple guys are going to have to go through some growing pains learning how to play together, and that's okay. And the fact is it's a long-ass season, and if you go through some stretches where you're 5-5, and if that's the worst thing that happens to you, that's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. I mean, take it 10 games at a time like uh, Coach Willie does. And if if you want to talk about these 11 games, seven of them were on the road. Eight of eight. them were on the yeah. road. And players have been injured. Larry Nance was out tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Hernangona stepped in and had uh, ten points in eight minutes, or yeah. something. A lot along of turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not. Yeah, but you but know, no, yeah, I it, agree. It has not been a one hundred percent team, and eight games on the road is pretty absurd. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I am all aboard. Yeah, they're home a
0: lot coming up. I think they play six in a row. Uh, at home, starting now, and and this is probably an opportunity for them to get a little separation. And and you know, I, I'm not going to compare the thing that's the only thing that's bothering me right now uh, in the Pell's nation is when people are comparing them to the one and eleven last year. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's a lot better than that. It's like it should be a lot better. Yeah, that. this team is better than that. That team sucked. They were bad. They didn't have CJ McCollum. They didn't have Zion. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. Like it was uh, a rookie head coach, and they were a mess. This ain't that. So let's not, that should not be the bar that being compared to. This team should be among the top four teams in the West at the end of the season. That is the goal. I think it's reasonable. I'm not saying they have to get it, but I think it's reasonable and realistic. And a night like tonight shows that even when you don't play great, you can win games. And that is very important for a team that is trying to make a push the regular season.
1: And the Pelicans are playing tonight against Portland here in New Orleans at 7 Mm o'clock. Portland is a good team. They were number one in the West for a while. I think they dropped down to third now. Yeah, Uh, It's not going to be an easy one. No, Damian Lillard and Josh Hart said he wants to
0: lock Brandon Ingram, lock lock his shit down, I think is what uh, Josh Hart said he wants to do to Brandon Ingram. At Fortnite. Yeah, (laughs) yes, in the winery. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Portland's pretty good. I'm sure that'll be interesting seeing Dame versus CJ for the first time uh, because Dame was hurt last year when they played each other. Uh, Yeah, it'll be. I think there's a bunch of games you're going to try to get over there at all. The tickets are super cheap on secondary markets still.
1: I am not going to be at the Blazers game. Probably going to be at Rockets trying to go to Grizzlies. We'll see about Bulls. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of games. I think this is a
0: good if you are a Pelicans fan who's like, OK, I didn't buy season tickets because I want to see how it goes. This is a great time to go see them. they're playing a ton of home games, none of whom are against like the mega attractive mm-hmm. opponents. And so you're going to get an opportunity to see them for a pretty good price. I would go check it
1: out. Yeah, I was looking at uh, rafter seats for uh, the end of uh, November, uh, the Thunder game. I mean, you can get in the building for $15. bucks.
0: mm hmm it's honestly one of the best parts of being a fan here. Yeah. <laughs> it's so accessible. <laughs> you know, like even the Lakers, as bad as they are, you know, to get in there is $150. And you then know.
1: you could say you saw LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> Say exactly. you saw Steph sitting on the bench.
0: <laughs> exactly. Very important. Uh, they weren't the only, uh the Pelicans aren't the only game in town right now. We, of course, have uh, some Saints talk. You know, Monday night uh, was a disaster.
1: Yeah, it was... Uh, not fun i think we could agree on that there was a lot of hope after the raiders game uh you know camara had three touchdowns it like he was back yeah there was a lot of hope on andy dalton remaining a very vanilla wafer quarterback (laughs) maintain maintain yeah game manager
0: if he was managing a restaurant, the place would have been on fire, and everybody was
1: running out with the register. This is a really hard team to watch.
0: It was, it was almost alarming. At like in the third quarter, I looked. at you know I had two friends with me, and my family was with me. I was like, guys, this is bad. Like they, the Saints have six points. They feel lucky to have six points. Yeah, it was just a terrible showing it never felt like they could get anything really going when they fell behind you're like i don't know how they're gonna come back and then the glimmer of hope that you got at any point was immediately erased Mm -hmm. like a interception right there is like game over uh it, it was you know i think they they pulled it within seven and uh or maybe within 11 and then they gave a you know, long drive for a field goal, and then immediately Andy Dalton just gets murdered and intercepted, and it's like, all right, it's over. Like they just, it was ne- never felt like they were going to win ever for one second.
1: Of that game. No, it didn't, and it's just, it's really hard to watch. the The best part of that Monday was turning off both games at the same time. <laughs> you see miles turner's got 40 points yeah andy dalton's eating dirt i'm like i'm gonna go read a book it was like right after daylight saving so i'm like asleep it's in dark for
0: four hours i
1: know there it's gonna be dark for a lot more than four hours this saint season (laughs) it is eternal darkness
0: it's ugly and it's uh i i put this on twitter as well and and It is one thing to watch a bad team when you have it's another it's worse to watch a team that's bad and has no future quarterback, which watching Andy Dalton out there, you're like, what is the point? Why lose if this is going to be your quarterback? Like, there's no point in this. And it's even worse when you're like these losses get you nothing because you also don't have a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So you're literally just watching the world burn. Like, there's no silver lining to take away from any of the losses. And it's like, even if Taysom was the quarterback, you'd be like, well, at least they're trying. Yeah, At least they're experimenting. Even Jameis could be like, well, at least... At least it's a lot of money we paid for... (laughs) At least you'll know that Jameis is not the answer and you can move on, like... Andy Dalton, no matter what, isn't the answer. Everyone in the world knows that, mm-hmm. you know? And how goddamn bad is Jameis that Andy Dalton is, I mean, Jameis got hurt, and they said two weeks ago he was fully healthy, and they're just like, no, nah, we're not going to play him. And it's like, this: the guy you put in is not good. It's one thing if you put in a backup and he's Tom Brady and you're like, yeah. Oh, I think we got to stick with him. Or Nick Foles, you're like, yeah, man, sorry. Like, I know you lost your job from injury, but like we can't put you back in. This is the exact opposite. It's like, well, this guy sucks too, but you <laughs> suck worse. It's like, well, would you have pulled me if I didn't get hurt? And that's the whole thing that I don't understand. It's like, were they going to make this move
1: on Jameis no matter what? And they used the injury as like an excuse? I don't know. You'd think that if they're going to do this, they would at least give Jameis a little leeway and just say that he's still injured. (laughs) It's embarrassing for everybody involved. (laughs) It it serves no benefit. This is New Orleans. We're used to being lied to about (laughs) the athletes. Like, give us some of that Sean Payton secrecy. Don't uh-huh. tell us anything. Yeah, I, I have no confidence in the coaching staff. I have no confidence in this no. decision. And, frankly, I just don't care. No, I don't care. That's the other part is, like, I'm sitting there going,
0: like, yeah, just play whatever. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Does it matter? Will, would it really make a difference? Andy Dalton was getting murdered every other play. And it's like, if you don't have time for your receivers who aren't that good to get downfield, it doesn't really make a difference. But then you remember that Andy Dalton overthrew Marquez Callaway when he was wide open in the end zone. You're like, well, that would have been nice if you had a remotely decent quarterback who could make that play. Maybe a quarterback with a, who's a little bit more spry would be able to avoid a tackle or two. Uh, unlike Andy Dalton, just getting you know thrown to the ground. It felt mm-hmm. like every minute and a half. Uh, so maybe you'd have some more options. It is very clear to me, at least, the best this offense has been this season has been when it's been heavy, Taysom.
1: Yeah, it has been. I mean, uh, it's not a secret that Taysom Hill is a dynamic factor on this team and maybe the only offensive player worth watching other than Olave and Kamara sometimes. Yeah. And people are asking, why don't you have Taysom out there more? And it sounds like Dennis Allen and some of the players are saying, "Well, it's it's situation specific." Yeah, it's like, yeah, but the situation is you're losing all of these games. <laughs> the Situation is you cannot score. It doesn't matter if it's slower with Taysom out there because you're scoring points with him out yes. there. I, I, I well, or at least you're not scoring without him. Yeah, like you know, the alternative is you're not going to score. It's fun to watch him run into people like a <laughs> goober. He runs neck first in the people. No, it's great. And he'll get hurt and whatever. That's fine. It's like bum fights. It's like, I know this isn't what you're supposed to do, but it's more entertaining. And that that's like just the fact that they just don't use
0: him in some of these games
1: where you're losing like the Arizona game. Do the Saints game? have vendettas against the players on their own team? That's what I
0: can't figure out. It's
1: like the Arizona game was the same thing. It's like, what you guys think this is
0: going well? Are you watching the offense? Like it's going horribly. <laughs> and Dennis Allen's like, yeah, I think I think we're okay. You know, yeah. we're just gonna keep plugging away. It's like, you know, eliminate a couple of mistakes. Like no, it's not a mistake. Couple of mistakes. It is an offense that is totally ineffective. They you suck. And if you except for the fact that you played the Raiders and Taysom went crazy again, uh, like. That's the only thing that's the difference right now.
1: And you're playing the long game with a 45-year-old quarterback who's been on five teams in five years and is average to stinky. He's
0: not going to be
1: <laughs> on the team next no. year. And he is definitely stinky.
0: He's on the stinkier <laughs> side of average. <laughs> uh, now, dude, it's, I think Andy Dalton knows this.
1: Yeah, he, he, he was under no impression that he was like a top 10 quarterback. He wants the Pert Plus contract from <laughs> Palomalu. That's the only reason he's still playing.
0: I, I, I just can't understand. Head
1: and shoulders, whatever f- whichever one. I
0: know, I yeah, shampoo commercial. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it is very obvious no matter what they do offensively, it's going to be a slog because their offensive line isn't very good. You're playing without Michael Thomas, who, surprise, surprise, is out for the season, which we called three weeks ago, uh, that he was never going to play again as a Saint. Uh, and, you know, Stevie Wonder could have probably seen that that foot injury was going to be worse than
1: everyone else <laughs> said it was going to be. It's like, don't worry, he's going to be back next week. Who was the player that got shot with a gun? Yeah,
0: on the, on the Commanders. Yeah. And he
1: missed four games? <laughs> yeah. Good thing you didn't get shot in the toe. <laughs> uh, it, Dude, it's
0: a mess. Defensively, this was supposed to be like the elite defense. I, saw, I, I was kind of going through some stuff from before the season. Jeff Duncan wrote a column of being not just uh, uh, an elite defense, but an all-time legendary defense oh. is what he thought the Saints were going to be this year.
1: They are okay. Yeah. They're okay. I mean, they are they could have been uh, Maybe. above average. I didn't think Legendary was in the cards after the ridiculous CJ trade. Yeah. But I don't know. At least he's struggling leading the NFL in interceptions with <laughs> five on the Super Bowl bound, seven and one, eight and one Eagles. I think they're eight and Oh, <laughs> oh are they? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Instead, you know... Ugh. What a horrible trade. Uh in, you know.
1: At least it was for nothing.
0: And, yeah, at least you got nothing in return. <laughs> Fifth round pick next year. Everyone will be like, oh yeah. That was worth not having any edge to your defense whatsoever. The tackling was so pathetic against Lamar Jackson.
1: And it's been bad
0: all season. It's been bad all season. Tyron Matthew is terrible. I love Tyron Matthew. He is making like business decisions out there to like not get his body in harm's way. He's the
1: only one getting numbers out <laughs> there, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. Marcus May is every play just trying to strip a guy, allowing, <laughs> allowing 10 extra yards every time. Uh, dude, Marcus Davenport has 10 tackles this season and a half sack. <sighs> 10 tackles. They call it's that the Lance
1: Armstrong. Mid November, he's <laughs> he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> the sack. <laughs> terrible man i like though that everyone can now admit that davenport stinks yes and that all of the training camp fluff uh-huh. is just filler for blogs and newspapers none of it means anything it doesn't mean anything well i say that but it was dennis allen that was fluffing up marcus davenport the most yeah training camp that was somebody who responded to me like who
0: thought that he was gonna have such a great year i'm like the coach the head coach <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's who, who's the defensive, who's been the defense coordinator for the last four years. He thought this guy was going to be awesome. He sucks. And it's like, oh, at least he gets some pressures. Like, everyone gets pressures. He's a defensive end. That's what he's supposed to do. That's right? what he's supposed to do. You're also, like, when you are good defensive end, the difference between being a good defensive end and a bad defensive end is the ones that get pressures actually tackle people. <laughs> You know, uh, some of them can actually fit in their uniform. (laughs) <laughs> it, is, it is. He looks out of shape. He looks overweight. He just looks undisciplined. Like, he allows guys to go by him. Lamar Jackson was such a horrific matchup for that because you knew he was just going to run by him, which he did three or four times. Uh, I feel bad for Cam Jordan. I feel like he's actually playing pretty well.
1: Yeah, he, he has been the last few games. Yeah, I mean, with Davenport, it's just like, you know, it's like a Jackson-Hayes situation. It's mm-hmm. like you drafted this guy for the potential. Mm-hmm. He didn't play at a football school. Yeah. He just had the 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 body, the numbers, the athleticism for it. Yeah. I don't know how often that works out in football.
0: Yeah, I mean there's physical freaks. It who- didn't work
1: out for Jackson
0: either, but <laughs> no, that is definitely true. He uh, you know, he's a physical freak and I'm sure whatever the next team he ends up on, he'll lead the NFL in sacks.
1: Uh, Probably. I have no doubt. It seems to be going pretty well for everyone else. (laughs) Everyone
0: else who leaves tends to do pretty well on their next team. Uh, It's depressing. I don't really want to watch it every week. I uh, I suppose I'll still go to the home games, but... There's doesn't there's just not a lot of stakes anymore, and that's everyone's like the division's terrible. You can still win the divisions. Like I don't want to watch this team at the playoffs. No, like oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I don't want to like be caring about
1: a game in week sixteen where I know this is the team. No, there's gonna be good movies out by that <laughs> point. I mean, the new unsolved mysteries is on Netflix. That's a nice Sunday night option. The Watcher. It kind of sucks, but the premise is good. Will the Saints have any primetime games
0: next year? I guess you have to have one, right? Like you have to play Thursday night. Everybody in the league plays Thursday night. I think. Thursday doesn't count. Yeah, that's will, not a primetime. Will they game. have a Sunday or Monday night game? No, There's no chance. No way. Right. I mean, there's no way anybody watched that Monday.
1: Or not unless like Kamara kills somebody in the off season. <laughs> if he goes back to Vegas and finishes the job, the Saints will be notable enough that they get a Sunday or a Monday.
0: I mean, they are not going. They are absolutely uh, just unwatchable. No, they're it's gonna be brides.
1: they're gonna be playing in uh, Kazakhstan for the Amazon <laughs> Thursday night. They're in London. They're in Munich, I think. Tonight, uh huh. i th- They're in Munich tonight, aren't they? The that, Bucks. They, they play tonight. And, well, Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I We're in the future.
0: That's very good point.
1: Yeah, um yeah.
0: They're the the Buccaneers, and I the literally the only reason I know that is uh Ryan Griffin, Tulane's old quarterback, was like, "I would have come in town for the game, <laughs> but I'm in Germany." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's nice too." Uh, It's good to be in the NFL still. Well, there's, yeah,
1: there'll be a Ukraine game next year. (laughs) Exactly. So that is the
0: best, uh, the the best sports thing going right now in town is the Tulane football team, uh, who is number 16. Whoa. Now, uh, which is almost unbelievable to say out loud. Uh, Tulane went two and ten last year for those Mm -hmm. of you who are paying attention. And now they are number 16 in the country. UCF is coming to town. 2.30 kickoff. Uh, there's a lot of outrage that uh, game day is not coming here. I mean, it would have been fun. But I also do wonder how many actual people would have been
1: there. It would have been fun. Uh, you know, that's what UCF wanted, too. Uh, game day is going to Austin. It's yeah. Texas and TCU. Mm-hmm.
0: For the second time
1: they're in Austin, which is why it's just kind of I didn't think they did. The same city twice. And they did Knoxville twice this season, too. And Texas, is they have three losses. Yeah, they're like barely in the top 25. I mean, does TCU have more? Well, TCU has more fans than Tulane. Everywhere has more fans than Tulane. Accurate. (laughs) However. (laughs) Accurate. There are a lot of people in New York that went to Tulane. That is true. <laughs> they should have done game day in New York yeah. and called it the Tulane. It'd be great if they were in like some Connecticut suburb. They're like game day live from yeah. Tulane alumni. Yeah, it's the uh, you know anti Kyrie Irving Alumnus Association. <laughs> They were
0: outside of a synagogue on Saturday morning in Greenwich. (laughs) (laughs) Called a two lanes game day. Roll wave. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I I would assume there will be as many TVs in Long Island turned on to the, the, the game as there will be in uh you know in Saint Bernard Parish. Yeah, it's
1: not surprising. It just would have been fun. I'm sure there would have been some fun signs out there. Yeah, I think the students would have gotten
0: into it, which yeah. would have made it fun. But I definitely would have. Where would you put a two lane get? Like, I wouldn't put it like in the middle of campus because I don't think you get enough people out there. That little street where the boot is on. Like right between that dorm and the booth. That would have been the perfect. That place to would have, have
1: been really good.
0: And that would have, and people would have just would have stayed out. Yeah. And just ended up there for you know nine A. M. People, us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can just see the drugs coursing yeah. through. <laughs> uh, but I do hope they get a, a nice crowd uh, Saturday. The Memphis game the other week was packed and uh, it was also homecoming, which is a big deal there. Um But I do think they'll have a nice crowd. Obviously, you know, a huge game for them. If they are able to win, I think, two out of the last three, it means they will uh, make the conference championship game. And if they sweep it, it means they will host the conference championship game. So that all that feels surreal when last year they won uh, one game against an FBS team. And that one game was against South Florida, who might be the worst team in the
1: country. Well, it's a it's a heck of a turnaround for a team that was known as cool uniforms. Yes. It was and like, now they're cool uniforms yeah. and funny logo. Yeah, was, yeah <laughs> that was the
0: thing. It was like funny logo, high school stadium. Yeah. And now it's very much like it's a cool thing. And I think now I think people might appreciate the fact that they are back on campus because it would have been really hard to make a cool atmosphere in the Dome. Yeah. Um, as good as they have been this year, if you stick 15,000 people in the Dome, it would have still felt pretty crappy. And I think fifteen to 20,000 people in that stadium on Saturday will feel very real.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. You're going to be there? I'll be there. You want to go? Sure. Sure. See you there. All right.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a little bit of local news. And, uh, you know, it
1: is filled with juicy jazz and trumpets And tiny little You foot past in a swamp And that's Norlins in a nutshell, baby <laughs> Always something happening in Louisiana You remember Clay Higgins? He's a v- Mensa member, right? Yeah uh, Mensa uh Nambla <laughs> Some of the other ones. Uh, Something with a K. (laughs) Maybe a couple Ks after it. Wasn't Clay, wasn't he like the sheriff in Shreveport or whatever (laughs) that did like the letter avid commercials? Uh, Nothing would surprise me with that guy.
0: He's like a, like a, a play character on Saturday Night Live as a Republican. Yeah,
1: he's a... I don't know what the politically correct word for a fucking idiot is. <laughs> um, Clay Higgins, the U.S. representative, he represents our country. Yeah. He uh, he posted a joke on Twitter. Uh, you know, like all f- fucking seventy-year-old men do. He, he posted a joke on Twitter, then removed it because he's a coward. Sunday night about uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was hospitalized after being attacked by a man whose blogs deny that President Joe Biden was legitimately elected and deny that the Holocaust killed 6 million people. Uh, The Democratic Speaker's 82-year-old husband, Paul, was injured from being hit in the head repeatedly with a hammer during a 2 a.m. Friday invasion of the Pelosi family San Francisco home. There's a lot of conspiracies about that one. Yeah. Uh, so Clay Higgins' tweet touched on that. Uh, he posted a picture of Nancy Pelosi pressing her hands to her forehead with the caption, That moment you realize the nudist hippie male prostitute LSD guy is the reason your husband didn't make it to your fundraiser. The conspiracy is that Paul Pelosi was not attacked by a random man breaking into his house with a hammer. He was attacked by a gay prostitute who he was in an argument with. This is funny for a couple reasons. besides the obvious. This is funny because this man was like. With his QAnon group, he's like, I'm going to go kill Paul Pelosi with a hammer <laughs> yeah. and be a hero. Uh-huh. And then online, everyone's like, hey, he's just some gay guy. <laughs> he's not just just a gay guy he's a gay hooker he's the gayest a gay gay hooker who sells lsd because you know you know how prostitutes if they love a drug it's lsd it's not cocaine it's not meth it's not speed it's not crank it's not angel dust it's not sweet sweet loco speed it's LSD, <laughs> yeah. something you take and go to the Pink Floyd lasarium <laughs> and watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? Are... <laughs> and a uh, uh, member of Congress. This is look. If you want to make jokes about this, that's fine. I love making inappropriate jokes. Yes. Somebody getting hit in the head with a hammer and then saying that was their gay <laughs> drug dealer boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but I'm not a U.S. representative. No, you are not. I'm not a Yet. Louisiana representative. I'm a representative of nothing.
0: Y- soon. Maybe, soon.
1: Yeah. I'm the representative of Polk and Kush. We're going to get you on the parish council soon enough. I think I could do it. Can I be a comptroller? <laughs> I don't know what they do. I'd like a free car, please. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Whatever position Give that me is. Give Jared's job. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to the Shell station. I'm gonna call an Uber. But uh, yeah, so what an idiot Clay man. Higgins deleted the tweet. I'm sure, and really, when you get down to it, did Clay Higgins tweet this, or did like his cousin, who's running, like his sure. nephew, is yeah. running his social media and did this?
0: It uh, doesn't. I mean, he, I feel like he's. This is who Clay Higgins is. Like. We don't all we really his entire persona is just we think liberals are whiny pussies.
1: Yeah, so everything they do, so I'm going to tweet a joke and then delete
0: it. And <laughs> We're just going to make them mad, <laughs> whatever it takes to make them mad. That's my policy.
1: It would be funny if it was completely true.
0: <laughs> oh God. I would give I would like nothing
1: more than for that story to be a hundred percent true. I mean with the exception of the hubris that it would give the people who have been who just guessed it correctly yeah i mean there's always something like that but it is funny that anytime somebody in america gets attacked by a hammer now we're like it was a gay guy (laughs) (laughs) he was probably a hooker was it is that equality yeah that seems right (laughs) clay if you're listening uh you're not listening you don't know how to listen to a podcast Play. If you're listening, pay your taxes, please. Um, your uh, your people have been in the news quite a bit lately. Oh yeah, because the, they're controlling it. That's right, the, <laughs> the Jews. <laughs> that and the weather. Kyrie Irving, he, uh, you know, he shared like a screenshot from an Amazon documentary mm-hmm. uh, that I guess like was a quote that it, like Hitler didn't even say. That's bad when it's a quote yeah. attributed to Hitler, and Hitler didn't say you it. You can't even find a real Hitler quote; they're pretty bad. It's like the Jews are vermin. Yeah. <laughs> Kyrie's suspended. It was for five games. I think it might be indefinitely now because he wouldn't apologize that or he whole wouldn't thing. say that he wasn't anti-Semitic because he is a yeah. Semite because the original Hebrews <laughs> were black a whole bunch of stuff i, can't I don't even, i don't understand, I can't understand it. this is what this is what clutch points has done <laughs> it's everything is a series of <laughs> meme graphics and it's like huh we're yeah, these are pretty complicated subjects to uh try to break down here but you know anti-semitism spreads rapidly uh uh-huh. uh most notably the one star review we got on <laughs> apple podcast <laughs> That led to a four-star review. And it trickles to hate spreads. And uh, French Quarter Shop, uh, Black Butterfly 2 is selling Nazi and Confederate memorabilia. Since at least January, Royal Street gift shop Black Butterfly 2 has been trafficking in white supremacist memorabilia, including selling statues of pro-slavery Confederate Army figures and Adolf Hitler, comma, who murdered six million Jews. <laughs> That's just, giving him a lot of credit. <laughs> just in case you're like, Adolf Hitler, that guy that works down at Duncan. Oh, no, the one who murdered six million Jews. The sale of the Hitler figures, which come in a variety of uniforms and poses, came to light Sunday thanks to a tweet by some guy who saw the statues during a visit. This guy called the store and was like, hey, you're selling statues of Hitler. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, well, can you, why are you doing that? And they're like, because it's history. And he was like, well, it's, Unfortunate, and they were like, "Well, fuck you." <laughs> and he recorded the whole phone call. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that. Uh,
0: what are your thoughts? I'm not big on Hitler. He's not, you know, I don't. You're not don't wild school or anything yeah. like that. Uh, we're not on the same page. But I also am like, I don't think this guy is trying to promote the Holocaust as a positive. Yeah, is my assumption. I think it's more just like these are things that used is i'm assuming it's like an antique thing that was sold in the it, 40s or yeah, something yeah it's like
1: a little like porcelain figure i yeah, got a picture of it up yeah that was sold it's like
0: it does exist what are you supposed to just destroy like you know i think that the fact that those things existed at some point um, I'm not saying it's good, I certainly wouldn't display it in my own home, mm-hmm. but I also do <laughs> understand that it's like an artifact of history that like got passed down, and like you know i I understand it has impact, and I understand that you can also display things that aren't something that you're proud of, yeah, so I think we all get very sensitive to the idea, and I' certainly the Confederate flag is one that comes to mind the most where it's like any viewing of the Confederate flag just immediately brings up a lot of negative emotions, Mm -hmm. which I totally get. But it's like, you know, it might not necessarily always just be like an immediate reaction of saying like, oh, I hate people because I have this. Yeah. Or because it's here. It's just like, oh, this was made in, you know, 18 whatever. And Mm -hmm. this is a historic thing. So I do think there is a difference. Now, selling it in the middle of the French Quarter is stupid, and whoever would buy it is probably an asshole. So, mm-hmm. you know, weigh those things however you mu- however you will. Um, yeah, if you want to sell that in an you know antique shop online in a you know in a dark corner of the internet, fine. <laughs> if you're gonna walk out in a, with a bag on Royal Street and walk down with your little porcelain hitler doll uh i mean i think you're just
1: a a a doofus do you think somebody's like wearing a shirt that says i put ketchup on my ketchup (laughs) and they go in here and they're like honey (laughs) this will go great next to my funko pop of uh jim from the office you know how we got those dale earnhardt commemorative plates
0: you know would go perfect right next to those on the china cabinet This little Hitler.
1: Yeah, like, I don't think there should be, like, rules or anything saying that you can't sell a Hitler figure. And I don't think it makes them want to murder Jews. It's like selling a Thanos figure. He's a bad guy in the Marvel movies Ah, that killed everybody. Yes. It's like selling a Kaiser Soze figure.
0: (laughs) I, I mean, you know, if someone was selling little Putins, would people be mad? Probably not, right? I mean,
1: you can do anything you want with this toy. You can buy it and put it in a yeah. urinal. You can smash it with a hammer. Yeah, you can. Uh, I went
0: to a bachelor party. Beat somebody- it up
1: with a, <laughs> your Toy Story figures.
0: Yeah, I went to a bachelor party and somebody had a, uh, a, a a pinata of Donald Trump, and we shot it with BB guns and shotguns and stuff the whole time, <laughs> which was I thought it was fun.
1: It yeah. was like that, you know. I was like,
0: "This was," and it wasn't like we want to murder Donald Trump. We want to yeah. murder anybody, but it was a good target. Sure, you know, you're gonna have a pinata better than you know a multicolored horse
1: have <laughs> a little porcelain Hitler. I did uh, go by the store because mm-hmm. I was gonna buy one. I thought it'd be funny <laughs> to have <laughs> give it to me for Christmas. They were closed, I mean, so yeah. maybe maybe yeah. Yelp works. Yeah. I didn't know what my question for, I think it would have been more of a moral question was, how much was I willing to spend on a Hitler figure? Because <laughs> I was like, I think I'll spend 15 on a Hitler figure for a joke.
0: <laughs> if I'd come to the studio tonight and there's just
1: like a Hitler bobblehead on your thing, would be like, who is it? i be like, oh, no, this is like a character from a comic book. <laughs> Oh, you haven't seen Star Wars, so of course you don't know who this is. <laughs> that black <water. laughs> And lastly, let's get that sour taste out of our mouth with a sweet dough filling. Hubic pies are back. Rejoice, America. Are you a big pie man? I used to eat a
0: pretty decent amount of Hubic pies back in the day. Yeah? They were super cheap, mm-hmm. they were everywhere. They, uh, you know, when, when you're a kid who couldn't care less about what they're putting in their body, it was a great option to have. Like, instead of buying, you know, M&Ms or something at the register, you just buy a cubic pie. Yeah. Um, and they were good. Especially If you heated them up, they were really good. Um, but, you know, they're not great. They're hand pies. And they're sitting inside of a wrapper.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the world's greatest thing. People are smushing them with their fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they were. I think literally when I was,
0: I'm like picturing the pie, and at the top it's saying like ninety cents. Mm-hmm. Like they used to be very cheap. Uh, and now I don't know what they're charging now, but I assume I believe
1: they're, they're two thirty-five now.
0: That is a significant bump in inflation. The Cincinnati light
1: then was also nine dollars, so we've true.
0: gone a long way.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Ian McNulty like tweeted today. It's they he was at uh, Rouse's by Tipitina's, uh-huh. and they sold out like almost immediately. I don't know how many. Pies are going out there in the world. I went to zapardos this evening, and they had a big sign on the front. It was like the sign from Clerks. It was like, <laughs> get out of here. There's we no don't. pies. I uh, That's one of those things I'm just going to give it a few months. Well, uh, what I enjoy is that for the last four days, there have been 700 murders. The city's on fire. <laughs> The mayor killed someone with her bare hands, front page of the paper, the pies are back. I know it's we're so nostalgic because
0: nothing ever comes back that leaves. Yeah, you know, so it's like every <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good point. <laughs> everything that's ever left the city is just gone forever. And so, when finally something actually comes back, and it's been um, like what a decade, ten years, yeah, yeah since the Hubic Pie was here, uh, and and they used to be legitimately ubiquitous, like mm-hmm. every register you went to and anything that was remotely grocery store like. Uh, they had Hubix buys any convenience store everything they were there and so then they just disappeared randomly one day and no one was really warned or knew that it was happening and they were just gone and uh, and so I do think people pine for something that was just kind of a part of daily existence and now that it's back and now it's like. My husband loves Hubix pies. I bought 50. And it's yeah. like, never would you need 50 Hubix pies. You want one. You're going to eat it and go, yeah, it's a mediocre hand pie. It was nice that that was there. And then you're good. Like, But instead, people just can't help themselves. They go 100 times over the top. And uh, and now the front page is a shortage of Hubix <laughs> pies, which is such a laughable
1: concept. There were five five lines on the paper today on noel.com it was hubic pies are back in stores and then there were like four stories underneath it imagine
0: if like a real company opened here (sighs) (laughs) you're like wow (laughs) this is all we have to do (laughs) it is uh it is such a low bar to get people excited here
1: yeah i mean it's good news for the city you know uh voodoo is gone forever buku is gone forever uh-huh. the saints on the way out <laughs> yeah uh, there's all but kind, you the know, pies are back yeah the k and b's
0: the mckenzie's all those things that people you know have nostalgia for none of those things are ever coming back and they shouldn't because most of them weren't good uh and, but humix pies were good they were fine, and then they were gone, and then I don't know why it took 10 years for them to reopen a pie factory. Yeah. feels like that could have been done in a lot less time. But now that they are back, uh, and there's been some imitators around
1: the way. The, f- the pie factory was constructed by Hard Rock Construction. <laughs> That's actually why it burned down in so the first place. They
0: burned it down only to rebuild yeah, it. Yeah, the
1: guy at Hard Rock left his uh, hot plate on <laughs> He was heating up a lemon one. Don't worry, it'll be falling apart soon. Maybe that's why I have to go out and buy twenty five <laughs> pies at a time. Yeah, I
0: know there was some lady they interviewed her in the paper and she was like, I my husband loves these. I'm gonna I wanted to go buy twenty of them. I was like, Who the hell is eating twenty of these pies?
1: Her husband. Yeah, I was like even a good pie I wouldn't want twenty of it. Well, you left out that her <laughs> husband's Marcus Davenport <laughs> <laughs> Polk and Kush is a lot of fun everybody Thanks for listening You can find us on all the major podcast platforms Ask Siri, Ask Alexa Leave a review on Spotify if you can Check out CrescentCanada.com Use promo code Kush K-U-S-H to get 30% off Any order they ship all over the United States Completely legal uh, THC, CBD Everything you could need uh, If you sign up for DraftKings Use promo code Polk and Kush Thank you so much I'm Andrew Polk That's Scott Kushner. We'll see you next time. See ya!